When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Rana, I can't that's, believe my eyes. You that's look stunning. My, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Cute. P.B. Herman. People still say that. Uh, they should. It's a great tell. line. Uh, we have some fabulous updates today. I almost think we should get right into them because our Just guest is so, judging from the last time he was here, yeah. this could be a 12-hour episode. I have no idea. I think- We have no, listen, we get to talking and you and him- you see eye to eye on things. You have a very nice connection, and it's fun <laughs> to be there for it. I think it's a three way connection. I do. Oh no, I, think, I do too. I do too. I'm just saying, like he is a fan of Rana, and it's lovely to see. He's very invested in what we're doing here. Yes, he is. He takes it very seriously. It's, he, he does. Yeah. He looks when he gives advice. He looks like he's on the starting mark of like a um yeah. <laughs> a running competition. He he'll cross his arms and he had that beard the last time it was here. He yes. started playing with his beard, thinking, thinking, thinking. He really does. He takes it very seriously. And he's got a terrific book out. He's a New York Times bestseller, I don't know, three hundred times over on this book called Probably. How to Be Perfect. He's by he's me. honestly like he is someone who really could show up every week and I wouldn't even mind. He's the best. Except he's making 400 television shows. So what are we supposed That's to do That's the problem. Here? That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, listen, people need to order the Shades Vanilla. I'm not going to say it again. And they need to order the Carriage House Blend. And that's what, what they need to doing? do. Order them and both. And if they Get don't the know duo. that, if yeah. they don't know that by now, I don't know what to tell them. I don't either. Now, we haven't done comments in a while. And you know I love comments. So maybe we could do a few comments. And then we have a couple of fantastic follow-ups that people are going to be deeply invested in. And That's then we've right. got to get to this guest to ASAP. Bobby1973 says, well, wait a minute. Five stars. Rana is a treasure and Brian is a scamp. They go Cute. great together. Eel C, excuse me, five stars. Mm-hmm. I just started listening and have been binging huh. through all the episodes. Brian, capital Y, is hilarious, and Rana is so insightful. I can't get enough. I immediately joined as a Carriage House member. Doesn't get better than this one. And then did five-star emojis along with the five-star rating. I love it. I do love – I love that we – I didn't know we had any new listeners. Isn't that nice that we do? I love that we have new listeners. By the listeners. way, everyone needs to be recommending this to their friend. And you know what? By St. Patrick's they? Day – by St. Patrick's Day, uh-huh. everyone listening should have recommended at least one person listen to this. And they should give us five shamrocks. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I don't know why people used to, we asked people who had just joined the Patreon carriage house to write in to us if they were new listeners and tell us a little bit about oh, yeah, themselves you're right. we so we could spotlight them. Yeah. I think we should do that for free feed or for carriage house. And you should write to us at askrana at gmail.com. And you I can think put in the beautiful. subject new listener. Yeah. And we'll, of course, decide whether we pick your letter or not. But and you I can even include how you found us. That might be interesting, too. Do a spotlight. I would love that. Yeah. It's been listening since. Found you through. I'm a, you yep. know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love that. Mad libs, you know. Happy Diaz wrote, kiss, kiss, five stars, clear your mind, open your heart, listen up, and learn something about being a good person in this oh. crazy world. Isn't that nice? That's very inconsidering. I guess today that's the perfect comment. Hilarious, emotionally evolved, mm. and straight up, no chaser. Love you both. Kiss, kiss. I feel like Happy Diaz knows what we're about. No kid. Is it Harpy? Ha- oh, I thought you said. Ha- I thought you said uh, Harpy. You know, is this how people feel in other countries when Americans come to visit and they say, hey, "Excuse him, why? What did you say?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we got a follow-up from the woman who wrote the woman who wanted to blab about a co-worker's pregnancy. Oh my God, remember we her? The absolute her. nerve. We I went know. at the absolute we went right after her. And she's she wrote a good in. person, but wow. We yeah, we let her know where she stood. Dear Ron and Brian, thank you so much for reading my letters because she was the person that wrote the follow-up before the this, the, the yeah. She originated the concept. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's my complete lack of maternal instinct, or maybe I'm a corporate-fueled monster. But I genuinely thought my workplace query was a reasonable question. I will be taking that along with my, quote, teacher's pet complex straight to my therapist. <laughs> Thanks for the lops, and of course, for the always brilliant advice, Becca. Becca's wonderful, I yeah, gotta say. Fun. like it did. You know what? I have to say, more and more people don't take constructive criticism as well as they used to. And she was like, all right, I didn't see it that way. Thank you. She's great. That is so true. Well, she wrote in, she got what she asked for, but she didn't know what she was asking for. So that's what happened. Yep. We got another one from the five-year relationship. And to refresh everyone's memory, this is the woman whose boyfriend kept taking breaks. Mm. She was tired of it and wanted to end it. And she's the one who commented, I broke up with my boyfriend thanks to Rana in the live show chat. That's right. And we didn't know that she was the same person, but that's what somebody wrote. I broke up with my boyfriend thanks to Rana. Yeah. Hi, Rana, Brian, and Jean. Are we still talking about her? Jean Villapig. So many people that want to, you know, just love rotating in when you're away on set, just saying, you know. Okay. Well, I have some gossip about her that I can't even say on air. It's so hard. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's not confirmed, but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard things and I've You're thought, of, it thought of things and thought of things. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to send an enormous thanks for your hilarious and thoughtful advice. I loved the Valentine's special. And I hope when I wrote, I broke up with my boyfriend thanks to Rana, you know I meant it sincerely and positively. I didn't bother waiting the one month break, which he was spending in his childhood bedroom at his mom's house. I had all the information I needed and was emboldened by Rana and Jean's observations. By the way, I'm actually, and and I have to say, Rana and I, and I'm sure Jean, are hesitant to tell someone to break up with somebody, but this was something you needed to do. I'm glad she did this. Well, but we also thought he was off gallivanting, sleeping with other people. That's true. This is almost worse that he's at his mother's house. We are in Dublin, although what I wouldn't give to be in gorgeous Scandinavian Stockholm yes, or Sparflugen, huh? Yeah. 
I've carved out a massive breakup budget and have been enjoying massages. Ped- this was your advice. Massages, pedicures, blow dries, yeah. and a photo shoot in my favorite local sp- spots to reclaim Dublin as my own rather than ours. This is a wonderful letter. I Highly recommend. This. Endless thanks, Ronna. Kiss, kiss, Heather. That's a wonderful follow-up. Uh, I want to follow up from her follow-up. She just is living. God damn it. I wish I... I don't wish I was in a situation with the deal but with her next, boyfriend. But if you I ever find that. yourself in this situation again, this is how you have to handle it. This is it. how Heather's doing it all. Bergdorf Blondes. Did you ever read Bergdorf Blondes? Oh, you've got to read it. It's Emily. Honestly, they should be suing Emily in Paris. Because it's the same idea. It's Emily in Paris before Emily in Paris. Okay. They have a breakup and they just go straight to Paris. I think they stay at the Plaza Athena. I can't remember. Sure. And they just, sense. they there's nothing else you could possibly do when you've had a big breakup and they go stay at an incredible hotel and treat themselves like absolute queens. It's God, wonderful. That's the thing. I love, I love the idea of a breakup budget. That's wonderful. Turn it right upside down. Yeah. Fabulous. From the man. Who's this? This oh, is the one. to have to read this one too. Okay, this is from the guy who received the very expensive but cursed bottle of wine from remember his boss. The cursed bottle. I of vaguely wine. remember yes. this, but it was something. He was like upset. He his re-gifted. boss regifted this bottle of wine, but it was right. an expensive bottle of wine. And how dare he? And what's he supposed to do with it? And we said, yeah. drink it. Dear with Ron Fortune and Brian, theme stuff. we did. Thank you and Fortune Feimster for tackling my question about the cursed bottle of wine gifted to me by my lazy boss. Your me- recommendation of drink it was received loud and clear and multiple times throughout your discussion. <laughs> Two days after listening, my husband and I drank the bottle with dinner. First to answer your question, the wine was an $80 bottle. $80 bottle. Not crazy extravagant, but special nonetheless, and not what we would commonly drink. Fair enough. I wouldn't either. Sure. Expensive bottle of wine. It is. Next, the wine was not cursed. Sorry to ruin the episode of Mrs. Glickman and Lady Bryant, The Case of the Cursed Wine. I actually found drinking the wine therapeutic. Afterwards, my feelings of resentment toward my boss dissipated. This is why wine is a terrific way to break, you know, to In break bread with other people. Yes, exactly. For centuries. Yeah. It seems holding onto the wine was allowing me to hold onto my anger. Who knew? Thanks for your wisdom and advice that allowed me this release. Sincerely, Will, not my real name, aka a grudge holding gay. God bless you. Good for him. I love it. I love when people follow up. And I'm serious about new listeners. You, you should write in and say who you are, yeah. how you found us, and one I thing I want to do a little something. spotlight on new listeners. I think that's a fun idea. I think that's a very, very serious. Yeah. So listen, I've, I just, I can't wait another minute. We've got to get to this interview We've because I to- already know we're going to go so deep with this. I think this it is- could be interesting sometime too to do a spotlight on me. Oh. Yeah. What would you like to spot? Like an intimate portrait. Remember those on Lifetime? <laughs> Where should we begin? Um, In your polo, your windbreaker wearing days as El Paso. Yeah, yeah, As a yeah. young boy wearing windbreakers in El Paso. Brian exactly. Safi. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're going to have to get someone. To, we're going to have to find the writer for intimate portrait and then they'll put it together. Who's going to play you? Well. Do they have, do they have um, reenactments or no? Yeah, they do have reenactments. I'm thinking probably... I mean, someone from the cast of Euphoria would be my guess. What's your feeling on chia seeds? That you're so funny. You say that I uh, I use them every day in a smoothie, but I don't really have. But are, why? 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 Do you enjoy them? Do you enjoy the the feeling of them? Do you? I'm just curious. No, I mean, well, mm, they're kind of annoying because they can get stuck in your teeth. But I like the crunch of them. Do they crunch? 
The ones in the smoothie do. I can get them. I get, or maybe that's a raspberry seed. Do they only become gelatinous when you stew them with oats? I've never done it that way. I mean, I know that chia seed pudding's the thing, but, but is that why it. they become the way that they are? I believe so, because they're really they're just. Oh like yes, hard otherwise seeds. they're like. Well, I'm confusing flax seeds and chia seeds now. See, I don't eat a flax seed. My dad's obsessed with flax seeds, but I don't. I don't know too much because about those. he thinks they're the fountain of youth. Guess so, yeah. But the thing with flaxseed is you have to buy the seeds and like grind them up. The meal, it does not do it. They need to be expressed. I hate that <laughs> word. I hate it. Because I just yep. think of a dog. Oh, the glance. Yes. I'm so glad I was able to get you on the last minute of the intro you to did. get to just stick it right to you. You really did. Now I'm going to have to do this intro really upset. They really need to be, it's really that they need to be expelopressed is what they need to be, like an oil. That's fine, but I'm going to have to go vomit for about two hours now. All right, Tia. Let's, uh, instead of vomiting, let's welcome (laughs) our guest. What do you say? Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) From forgotten free trials to automatic renewals, when big companies keep charging you, Truebill is your secret weapon to save you money on subscriptions you don't need. Now, Rana, Truebill is, is truly Jen I Shaw's mean, nightmare. No, this <laughs> you're not kidding. Fully. I mean, this is incredible. These people, you don't know how many, think about that. Yeah. How many free subscriptions you've signed up for, a one-month trials or this and yeah. that. I don't know how the magic works, but these people keep track of all of it. Oh, and yeah. then with a click of a button, you can unsubscribe from all those things that you said to yourself, oh, I can't even think about thinking about unsubscribing from this. Totally. The average person saves up to $720 per year with Truebill. Get out of here. It's $720 a year. That's the round trip uh, ticket to Europe. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need want, or simply forgot about. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And get this, Rana. You're going to love this. Your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel Ah. unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. So you don't even have to have the conversation. They'll have it for you. Yeah. Incredible. They'll be the middleman. That honestly, that I can't think of. That is absolutely an area of everyone's life that there's only two or three people that get off on having to have those conversations. And I don't know them. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is amazing for the procrastinators and the avoiders in our audience. Oh, to the perfect. Ones, you just bury yeah. it down, bury it down. Mm-hmm. It down. <laughs> no question. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Wow. Matthew B said, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my direct TV bill. I saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill. I saved $840 a year on car insurance. I got to tell you, there's one company in particular that I'm thinking of that I cannot figure out how to cancel it. I cannot figure out for the life of me how to get off them sending me monthly body wash. So you, I'm, I'm hoping me? this will work. You have a body wash subscription? How did you get a body? You know what? This is an ad. We can't get into this on I an know. ad. Don't fall for subscription scams <laughs> like I did. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash askrana. Seriously, go right now. Start saving the money. Truebill.com slash askrana. It could save you thousands of years. Truebill.com slash askrana. 
Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something, you can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Okay. This guy's joining the Second Timers Club here. He's a recurring guest star. Two is two recurring. He would know. You've recurred. He would know. You've recurred. Yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says you've recurred. <laughs> How you don't have, they should hand them out really. When you, when they invite you back for the second time, they should hand you a t-shirt that says, can, you know, you're recurring. You have Exclamation point. Yeah. Correct. Uh, I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite all-time guests that we've had in the carriage house. He's Michael fabulous. Schur is here with us today. He is. And he, and he goes wrote, by Rana, Mike. Yeah. He wrote a book. Well. This time he wrote a book. I'll be honest. I'm a little annoyed. Why? Because he's he very busy. Tea. He's oh, very yeah. successful. Oh, that too. Wait, he's got the best cover. I, I don't know seen if he knows. We need to good. talk to his publisher, uh, and I'll <laughs> ask him about it. But I would <laughs> sue. They forgot the T on the title of. I don't film, think he so saw would... the galley. Well, they didn't forget it. They moved it to the other side of the book. I don't know about that. This book. Here's the situation. He doesn't have enough to do. I, that's what drives me crazy. He looked like an absolute caveman. And everyone thought that was okay because we were deep, deep in the pandemic. He was one of our very early in the pandemic guests. He was. So nobody said anything. He looked very unkempt. Pardon me. I liked it. I know he can afford a haircut. So I was a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. felt a little bit like he was, you know, a little role play for me. But in the beginning Uh, of the pandemic, everyone was doing that. That's what they were doing. Yeah, that was the thing. They were leaning in. To the Cheryl end of the Sandberg. world, basically. I wish she yeah. had written. I wish she had written "Leaning In." Oh, I'm waiting for her next book. Yeah, me too. We'll have her on <laughs> next. She she's must be delightful. She's been sort of hiding for a little while. She has. Hasn't I haven't she? heard about her. She in a have while not heard since, from Cheryl in a Meta. while. Yeah, we haven't heard about her since Meta. <laughs> no, no one's heard from Cheryl since Facebook was dragged in front of uh, Congress. But right. Yeah. Cheryl, who was in charge of Facebook, seems to no longer be in charge of Facebook. Anyway, That's she's probably right. a personal friend of Mike, so we'll stop checking about Cheryl Sandberg. But anyway, <laughs> he wrote a book, which yeah. I love so much because my understanding, he's going to tell us. He's here, by the way. I don't know why he doesn't say hello. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a book that I, if I'm to understand correctly, was born from the process of creating The Good Place. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a hilarious, hysterical. It's every question that if you're a spin outer like me, yeah, and you start thinking about things and wondering if you're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, whatever, it's every question you ask yourself that you wouldn't say out loud. A kind hearted ruminator. There you go. Yeah. I like That's that me. a lot. Yeah. Because if you're a total narcissist, you're not going to ask one of these questions. You already know the no. answer to all these questions. The answer is, I'm fine. 
yeah, no right. matter what, right. <laughs> to you're any wrong. of these questions, mm-hmm. the answer is, why are you asking me this question yeah. if you're a complete narcissist? Yeah, the answer is, whatever Whatever I'm doing is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah that's right. what you're supposed to do, what I'm doing. I have to show people this book it's cover. So it's so good. so It's funny. so good. Was it your idea, or did they come to you with this book cover? They. It was their idea, and I loved it. I thought it's it was so, so smart, because I, you know, I was terrified that people would see the name of the book and think I was real, like that it isn't wasn't a joke. Yeah. And so when they came up with that idea, I was like, "Oh, this sells immediately. You get immediately." So that I'm funny. kidding. And and uh, I really thought it was a great. There were a lot of different versions of it, but the 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 idea was always that it had been misprinted somehow. And I thought that was a very clever way to get the idea across. And That's is great. that the same font as the Good Place? It's in the same family, uh-huh. I would say. They they uh-huh. definitely are trying to evoke. The good uh-huh. place and the with the blue sky and the puffy cloud and stuff. Yeah. And but uh it's not quite exactly the same. And the good place font was always green. Uh-huh. So differences in pre- presentation, but same idea. Mike, this what's your book. hair product? <laughs> it does, you have good hair. He has what a great hair. Thank you. He has yeah. a great uh, hair. Let me say one thing before I tell you, and I'll give you my whole routine. Um, <laughs> He's ple- your skin looks pretty good too. <laughs> I mean, he looks I great. Don't know, you look I don't know great. if you're stealing uh, JJ's uh, creams or what's going on. But so when you saw me last, and I was, as you put it, unkempt, which I think is an accurate uh, assessment of yeah, my absolutely. face. Absolutely. Yeah. I was growing my beard out for charity. That's why I looked so That's unkempt. That's right. That? You did say that. What no, is he that? did say that. What does so it mean? I played the character Mose on The Office who had a horrifying, yeah. disgusting neck beard. And when yeah. the pandemic first hit, I, I I do some work with the LA Regional Food Bank, which is a wonderful organization. Terrific. They give yeah. away millions of pounds of food every year to people who need it. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do a, a fundraiser for the LA Regional Food Bank. And what I said was, if I if we raise fifty thousand dollars, I'll I'll match donations, uh, and if we raise fifty thousand dollars in the first uh, day, I'll shave my head. Now I made this statement without thinking about it or checking with my wife or anything that you should do when you make statements checking like that. Checking with your wife, and it happened very quickly because people got very excited about me being humiliated, and so then I was like, oh, humiliation is the key, right? Yeah, humiliation will raise it's more money. It's a dunk tank, right? So then I said. Okay, would you? I it kept going, and I kept promising more and more embarrassing things, and I and eventually I said like, would you rather have me shave my head or regrow the Mose beard right. that I wore? And then that was the overwhelming choice. So I was regrowing that beard I so that see. I could then make this video, which I made of me saying embarrassing things, wearing a Yankee jersey, which was really oh, painful. No, that's, you know, that's Ronna, too you know far. how painful that's that was. Too for far. Me. Far too far. So that's why. That's was there why a name I on the back of the jersey? Yes, it was a Derek Jeter a jersey. Jeter. It had to sure, be a Jeter sure, jersey. Yeah. And yeah. I had to buy it. It was like a hundred. I gave the Yankees a hundred and eighty dollars. Hard earned money. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. That's anyway, foul. that's why I looked unkempt. My hair product is uh, what the hell is it now? I can't remember. It's a paste. Yeah. And I think it's uh, I'll get I'll get before this is over. I will get the name for you and I'll tell Thank you because otherwise is. I won't sleep tonight. And I, you know, I, have I need to know what and, it smells like, too. If it's very I know what it smells me. like. Yeah. What does it smell like in your mind? Fur and sage. <laughs> you know, I use a body wash now that smells like it's bourbon vanilla body wash. Delicious. So good. So were you, good. Were Love you a bar soap guy until about a year ago? I was a no. I was always a. I've been a body wash guy for a long time, but I but I couldn't find what I would call my signature scent, uh-huh, and uh-huh. now now I have it, and it's uh it's. And then did you buy like a tank of it? I mean, is do you just you know? Yeah, I buy yeah. um I I buy like 
eight at a time because yeah. I hate this is yeah. one of the things no I learned when out. I was when I was a grown up was yeah. things that don't expire when you have to buy them just buy ten of them and then you right. then you're not annoyed like toothpaste I just buy ten things of toothpaste and then I buy toothpaste like once a year. Well, I do the same because I only use Crest 3D White Glamorous White. Well, your teeth and are, I mean, your teeth are blinding. You do, honestly, Ronna, your your smile is luminous. If you're not careful, the radiant mint is exactly the same color, and you'll mm. end up with radiant mint. You don't want radiant mint. You don't want that. You don't want that smoke. I do the same for my body wash, which is a molten brown eucalyptus, very simple. Mm. Sure. But there's often a eucalyptus shortage. And so sometimes they have it and sometimes they don't. So is I have to true? buy a dozen There's a at eucalyptus time. shortage. Are we in danger of, at least of running the, out of eucalyptus? At least according to the molten brown people. That's <laughs> the hottest flavor to get. Huh. Wow. So listen, this book is basically Mike's tour. Mike can tell us, but it's his tour through moral philosophy. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I read it all. I'm smart enough. <laughs> I'm nice enough. I'm going to tell you what I teased through and figured out. Great. Because these are the questions we're asking ourselves all the time. I love the chapter headings are hysterical. Today. Yeah, they are very funny. Thank I love you. that it's both a serious book and a humor book at the same time, which makes it totally enjoyable to read. I'm glad to hear you say that. And what is it? Number one on Amazon? Number what's going on here? It was it it was it's been on the New York Times bestseller list for five weeks, oh five straight God. weeks, which is really great. It's embarrassing is what it is. You don't have enough success. (laughs) You know, this is what, it's just sort of, you know, it just sort of, why not? Let's just see. That's not, that should be in the EGOT. They should add another letter to the Mm, EGOT. I agree with you. So that there's a book element. Mm. Um, Isn't it uh, Lin-Manuel who's chasing the, Mac P got or whatever it is. It's a because he won a MacArthur Genius Grant and a Pulitzer. Okay, and okay. then he has an he he has an Emmy and obviously Tony for sure. And they a probably Grammy. A Grammy. Yeah, yes, but he doesn't have an Oscar, no Oscar. so he might he might if he wins Not an Oscar for Encanto, he might win for Encanto for the is song that, he wrote. For oh, Encanto. maybe like best animated. Best well, animated, everyone thought song. he was going to get it for Moana. Yeah, that was and a rough then, night. So he would okay, if he, so he if he does it, he will have a Mac P got, which is the craziest. I mean, think about that: MacArthur yeah. Genius Grant, Pulitzer, yeah. Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, Tony. That's wild, yeah. man. Anyway, not a Rhodes, no Peabody. Does he have a Peabody? I'm sure he has. A I bet he does. They're giving those out like candy these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, does he have a Caldecott? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Does he have the Fields Medal in mathematics? The thing that's. <laughs> Do you remember the Caldecott Award? They would give they would give it to books as on the cover of Make Way oh, for Ducklings. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a there was a like a gold stamp on the cover yes, of the Make Way for Ducklings. Yeah. <laughs> uh so listen, what what people have to go buy the book. That's the first thing. They Definitely. were already buying it, obviously, but yeah. it's so terrific. And it's also a terrific, what I like to call like a snack read. So yes. I'll read 10 Right, pages, you don't have to 10. read it cover to cover immediately. And, yeah. the, and the great news was Mike canceled so many times I was able to finish the book. It's <laughs> not great? So I read, <laughs> I read 10 pages, 10 pages, 10 pages, 10 pages for the last 12 months. Great. And here we are. No, here- truly, it's such a terrific read. And I really feel that you are, your personality really comes through. Thank you. That's not, I mean, I, I tried to write it like, the way I pitched it was like, I know this stuff is hard and thorny and difficult to understand. It's difficult for me to understand, and I've been studying it for the better part of a decade now. And so what I pitched it, I said, like, I want it to feel like you and I are just talking. 
like that I'm just talking, we're at dinner and you said like, tell me about uh, Immanuel Kant. And I'm talking to you like I would uh, over a din- pleasant dinner conversation. A Socratic dialogue, if you will. If you will, yes. Uh, even more casual, I would say, than a Socratic yeah. dialogue. But so that that was the vibe I was going for was like, I'm I'm not an academic. I didn't study this stuff in college or graduate school. I just have read a lot of it, and now I've talked about it a lot with some very smart and funny people. Let's have a very interesting conversation That's about right. this. That's well, exactly right. let's be right. honest. If you're not in school any longer, who wants to hear it from an academic? You know Nobody. What I mean? That's Nobody. the problem. And he this this so that's exactly the issue, right? It was what I said to the publishers that I was pitching it to was like, these are the smartest people who ever lived. And they spent their entire lives trying to figure out ways that people could just make better decisions. Mm-hmm. It's just that what they wrote is so thorny and dense. boring and yeah. dense that nobody wants to read it. And so it's like, like it, it, it's as if, it, to me, it's almost like therapy. It's like you go to therapy because you're exhibiting certain behaviors and you don't understand them. And then therapists just give you like a vocabulary to be able Mm -hmm. to describe your Mm -hmm. emotions. And it's so useful. And it's the same in philosophy. Like they have all these really interesting ideas for how we can look at the world around us and treat other people. But they wrote, many of them wrote, you know, in the 18th, 19th centuries, and they were in writing in German or Greek or whatever. And so nobody wants to read them. So if I can be like a middleman between what they said and what how people think and talk now, that was the goal. But it also used to be a thing that you had to study. For yes. centuries, if you studied true, the you classics, you had to study. Yeah. And so people had to think, people had to look back at, the origins origins of modern society, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And that was essential to, we had to examine the past in order to comprehend the present and the future. And yeah. that is a lost art form when it comes to education. Believe and me, now it, all they're reading is novels adapted from films. You see the book. <laughs> That's all they read. That's all they read. I, I have Did said you, many are you times. Are you going to turn it into a graphic novel? Then maybe yeah. people read it. Yeah. I'll, I'll turn it yeah. into like a cartoon musical. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I've been saying for so long, like I would so much rather my kids studied ethics in school than chemistry because sure. they're never, they're not going to be chemists or bioengineers in all likelihood, but yeah. they will face a million ethical dilemmas and not have any idea what to do. So, yes. that, you know, if we were growing up in ancient Greece, right, that's what they studied. They studied civics and ethics and oratory and all of these arts of like relating to but other people. But even a century ago. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about, you know, that's the basis of an Oxbridge education, of an Os- Oxford education or a Cambridge education, or, you know, these were important things. You know, it was obviously, there's a million problems with that, but you'd sit around and discuss these things with your yeah. tutor. Can yeah. I but can I give you some parenting advice? My, I'm not a parent, but can I give you some parenting advice? Please. You have a you're a dog parent. Only part-time. <laughs> yeah. Mike. Mm. Enter. You have how many children? Two. Enter them right now into cotillion. Really? Right now. They <laughs> well, need to learn doggy manners, dog. Yeah. Curtsying. They need to know which fork to use. They need to be wearing gloves around the house. I mean, mm. this is stuff that if you want to build a better tomorrow, if you want to be best, <laughs> as Melania might say, sure, this is what you, you enter them into cotillion now. So and let me thank me <laughs> later. Okay, so let me tell you a story. So over the pandemic, we have a son. Our son uh, was twelve, about to turn thirteen, 
and he was just an animal. He's a 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy. He's Stinky, an animal. smelly. Just doesn't know how yeah. to, just doesn't, just knock, sits knock, down, there. eats food with his hands. Just a, right. just a nightmare. Yeah. So my wife is like, I've had it. And she found a woman in Beverly Hills who taught manners classes. And she's yes. like, I'm signing you up for a manners class. So she then tells all the other moms, and she's like, I'm doing this with my son if anybody wants in. All the moms are like, yes, my son is an animal. <laughs> Get me in there. So this is during, so good. So in the pandemic, right, about a year, uh, it was like June. It was the June lull when, like, the first wave had crested and we were doing pretty well. I love we, this. We did this outside. This woman came over, and she was she did was a cotillion coach. Uh, from Beverly Hills, very old school. Her, she had a. I believe that she has drives a Mercedes, and the license plate is like the word manners, like M A N. I am so jealous of your right? son right now. Just so right, you know, but yeah. So she leads. She attempts to lead a manners class for, I believe, a dozen children between the ages of like ten and twelve, and boys it's and all girls. About, boys and girls, and it's all about like like looking people in the eye and shaking their hands and pulling your chair out when someone sits down and all that sort of stuff. And it was, it was hilarious and also terrible because you realize like how bad these kids are at everything. But also <laughs> um, the, the real problem was, and we didn't, we hadn't anticipated this. They had already at that point been cooped up for like a full year. Right. So just the fact that they were seeing other kids was amping up their animal instincts to like level 50. <laughs> so they were just bouncing off the outdoor walls. And, but even so, like it ended in this like dinner, there was a four course dinner. There was like a bread, a soup, a main course and a dessert. And they had to like use the right fork and use the, all that sort of stuff. Did she just smack their hand to something if they don't? What she just, she would like lightly scold Nudge. them if they did something wrong, right? And then it ended with people making toasts and the toasts, a lot of which we have, which we recorded- oh are so adorable and so like they stood up and they talked about how great it was to see each other and how full of happiness they felt and all this beautiful stuff. It was really wonderful. <laughs> oh my God, that's, am- that's actually I wish incredible. you had recorded it as a documentary. It would have been a fun documentary. My my wife immediately was like, there's a, there's a reality show here, right? That was, yes. that was her sure. thing was like, there's oh, gotta definitely. be a reality show. Oh, it's I would basic- watch that. Yeah, it's basically like- I would love to see the transformation of a 13-year-old boy from a total homunculus to a gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really. Also, in my head, the manners lady was like, so when you're served Crab Louie, I feel like all, (laughs) when you you have Oysters Rockefeller, like I feel like it's all just like very old reference. So what's this? It's an avocado with crab salad. (laughs) How are you going to approach, which, how do you approach this? Yes, exactly. When the duck a l'orange is, served tepid. Exactly. Or the flambe, Here's always the- be two feet away from a flambe. Say you're ordering Clams Casino and you're wondering. Yes, this, this will come up a lot when the seafood tower is placed in front of exactly. you. <laughs> but I love that it happened right before Bar Mitzvah season. Mm-hmm. Because sure, it yeah. meant that they would know how to behave because that's the first time really a lot of these kids have to go sit and act like little mini adults and sit at a table and so, eat. Yeah, so yeah. he's my son's going through that now. And once a week, we put him in his one suit and we send him <laughs> out the door and we just pray. We just pray yeah. to whatever God will listen that he doesn't embarrass us. And the, here's the funniest thing. So, or that his pants will come back not ripped. That's right. right. So yeah. we, we, we put him in his suit and I was um, to go to this bar mitzvah <laughs> last weekend. And I found in the pockets, not one, but two envelopes containing cash 
that were supposed to have been delivered to previous bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah people. He had just completely forgotten. We put it in his pocket. He had written Mazel Tov, you know, love William. And he just totally forgot. So there were two. And one of them was like, I'm talking six months ago, like five months ago, whatever. He had just completely spaced out and forgotten to give them his their, their bat mitzvah present. I like that he's giving cash. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. move. He's like an old-fashioned guy. You know, he comes yeah. in, he shakes your hand, gives you a $100 bill, and says, you, He folds kid. it in half yeah. and puts it between his first two fingers and <laughs> slips it in your pocket. Like <laughs> Sharon Stone in <laughs> Casino. <laughs> they probably taught, taught him that in Manus class, too. They got to teach him how to snow job a host to get a better table. Yeah. That's part of I it. Don't, yeah. I, I will say that as fun as as it was to have that manners class. I don't <laughs> believe it has stuck, I would say. Sure. I don't sure. think that, I think you would need to send him every day for six months. No, it'll be, he'll be 28 somewhere and something will pop into his head where he looks down and he says, oh yeah, okay, that's the one. I remember this. The yeah. Clams Casino are here. Yeah, I, have, exactly. I have a memory exactly. of this. Now I know how to handle to the Crab Louie. Yeah, cra- I'll have the Crab Louie, he'll yeah. say. When they, yeah. uh, all right, we've got to get, now we've got some dirty dog questions for you. Some of them are disgusting. Great. And some of them are terrific and they're all just for you. Uh, how this works, you know, these desperate people right in, they've got yeah. nowhere else to turn. They haven't read your book yet, so they don't know whether they're good or they're bad or whether they fall, where they fall in the moral universe. Great. They just know that Brian and I are going to tell them if they, what kind of, just who they are. We're going to, you want to know, we'll tell you. Sure. Great. If they have questions, we have answers. Bring you know that. We give them straight up answers on this you show. You don't pull your punches, as I understand it. You are very straightforward in your- That's I'm gonna the say show. It. I'm going to say it. Hell no. Okay. <laughs> Hell Brian, no. dear, why don't you read the first question? Okay. Dear Rana and Brian, love the show and proud ship member. Yesterday, as I was leaving a rare in-person team meeting, my coworker, we can call her Rose, and I were catching up on our lives. We socialize from time to time outside of work, but we don't consider each other close confidants. She asked if I was dating at all, and I said, yeah, a bit, and briefly mentioned I had a great date over the weekend and might be seeing that person again before he leaves town. We'll call him Peter, but he has a unique name. She asked what his, what his name was, and P- I said- Piotr. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Piotr. She asked what his name was, and I said, Peter. She then looked shocked and then asked a few clarifying details. Does he work at X, etc.? Turns out, she just went out with this guy weeks ago. Not just that, but recounted a long story about how he freaked her out by showing too much affection after only a couple dates, telling her mm-hmm. that he liked her, inviting her to a wedding a few months out, and giving her the ick. I think that means creeped her out. Mm-hmm. Th- that she oh, thought giving her the ick. I see. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard that. I don't like it. I don't want to hear it again, yeah. but I think I understand what it means. I really didn't ask for any of these details and would cut in from time to time with questions like, did you set a boundary and he didn't respect it? Did he have a freckle (laughs) on his left (laughs) (laughs) Rana. That's what I would, I would have been real sure. I wouldn't have said, did you set a boundary? I was said, was there a freckle? You would have done a head to toe scan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you broke things off, was he really- Does he wear sketches? Is it the same guy we're talking about? Yeah. When you broke things off, was he really angry? Were there any signs of abusive behavior? She said no to all. So my question is this. If I continue to see this guy, should I tell him I know about Rose and ask if he connected the fact that we work together? She said she didn't mention my name and my boss, and we have a very small firm. I don't think I really solicited this overshare and now can't get the story out of my head. I believe in intervening in a friend's relationship only when I see emotional abuse or other toxic behavior – 
and felt like this was not something I really signed up for or asked to know. Thanks for all your help. Please don't use my real name. Signed, Eskimo Sisters with my work wife, which is an expression I've never heard before. I've never heard it. I think it's horrible. You've never heard Eskimo Eskimo friends or Eskimo sisters? No. No. That means when you're both sleeping with the same person. Yes, yeah. It means when two two people have have shared a romantic entanglement with the common person. Yeah. Wow. Why are we laying? I thought that was called, uh, there was another word for that. I'm not sure. Why why are we laying this at the feet of the Eskimos? Is the presumption they're stuck in the igloos all winter and everyone has to have sex with the same guy? It's a good question. It might also be (laughs) vaguely racist in some way. I was going to say, isn't it Inuit brothers and sisters? So that's probably offensive too. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Native Um, peoples, First Nations brothers and sisters. Yeah. I think probably the general, all all of it should be wrapped up in and thrown in the garbage can. <laughs> so let's just avoid yes. the whole. Let's just avoid the whole topic. <laughs> um, this is an interesting dilemma. I think. What, what is the question exactly? Yeah, what is the question exactly? I think it's what do I do? It's just what do I do? Do I tell this guy that I know all of this information? Yeah. Do I bring up this this coworker? Do I do I ask him questions about it or interrogate him in some way about it because she can't stop thinking about it? And now it's going to color the way that she interacts with this gentleman. Yes, I think the question is also, I I do want to keep dating this guy. Am I allowed to? Do you think she's wondering why he hasn't shown her the same amount of affection so quickly? That would be well, bothering me. I, unless I'm mishearing something, it just kind of seems like this coworker didn't really vibe with the guy. Like he didn't seem to transgress in any way, right? There was mm-hmm. no, he just was a little too to like into her or something or, or express too much affection as she put it, but it doesn't seem like he did anything aggressive or untoward unless it did. I, did I miss anything? No. And no. She, said, she, she asked her just as much too. And the friend said, uh, no, nothing like that. Wait, here's something we missed here. So um, you read it, but I missed understood it. So my question is this, if I continue to see this guy, should I tell him I know about Rose and ask if he connected the fact that we work together she said she did mention my name I and I, I, I read and we have a didn't. very small firm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you think, Rana? I mean, uh, I, uh, my gut is. You like that- this guy. You don't like this guy. You've been dating yeah. for a minute. Everybody, you know, it- maybe he, maybe first of all, I mean, no offense to both of you, but what men remember and what they don't remember until they're really tuned in <laughs> is, I'm sorry, but it's just, you know, that ba-ba-ba, she told him, he told, the other woman told him about work. He he listened or he didn't listen. Right. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't I, really care whether he connected the dots. If he did the connect the dots and didn't say anything, then I suppose it ra- raises a bit of a flag about, he didn't mention that he had dated her. Was that because something odd had happened between them, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't sound like anything really bad happened between them. They just didn't connect. Yeah. And he didn't really want to bring that in the same way that you sort of wish that she hadn't given you so many details. He doesn't really want to bring that into this situation. Or it doesn't exactly look great. If you're a scorekeeping type, you know, oh, I dated a million people. It never works out. You know, it sort of makes you look like you're a less desirable commodity, which I think is also the problem with the friend, because when the friend starts negging this guy a little bit, you know, oh, he was so like nice and handsy or whatever, you know, yeah, maybe he's just a sweet, affectionate guy, but it starts to make him 
you start to think, oh, am I settling? Am I? Did you ever see that movie Enough Said, the Nicole Hall of Center movie? Yes, great movie. It, it's it's sort of like that where all of a sudden she's obsessed with finding out things that are wrong with him. Yeah. And yeah. even though she truly likes this guy and it starts yeah. shading everything and getting in her way. Yeah, you, that's not a road you want to go down. No, and and it also says more about the in that movie, it says more about Julia Louis Dreyfus's character than it does about James Gandolfini's, really, because he's kind of yeah. like, I'm just here and I'm nice and I like you and we should keep going out. And she's like focusing on these tiny details. Right. I mean, to me, the, you know what the, the term I kept thinking of as we've been talking about this is the legal term, uh, full disclosure, right? Like if you, right. if she has a guilty conscience because she knows some stuff about this guy that she just started dating and she just wants a clean conscience you could do a full disclosure thing where you say to this guy, hey, just so you know, this happened to have come up in this coworker that I don't even, I'm not very close with, happened to have mentioned that I think maybe you and she dated. And just in case this is creating any kind of odd feeling, I I feel, I just feel better with you knowing that I know this other woman that you happen to have gone on a couple dates with and I just want to tell you that so that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm keeping something from you because I don't think it's that important or whatever. Like you could, you could full disclosure this, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to. But it's like this seems so new. And so like you're just at the fa- phase of like getting to know each other. Yeah. It doesn't don't seem. Don't take your work friend's word for it. It, it. Except if obviously, as you were saying, Mike, if she had said something like he's actually a bad guy. He yes. Did this, he's he a did creep. That. He did X. He did Y. Yeah. And don't pump this this work friend also for information on him. Like, just get to know it. Yes, be like done a nice having that person. conversation. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the full disclosure idea is a good one because I think if nothing else, you also get to see how he responds. And right. I think it's very important to make it not a big deal. Yes, but that that would be the goal. Let's yeah. say you're dating for six months, then it's still hanging in the back of your mind. Mm. Uh, I still never said to him that I know he dated you know, Michelle or whatever. And right. now I want to take him to my Christmas party and he went out with Michelle. Right. Whereas if you just name it, it might just f- disappear. Yes. And there also might be a, a, an opportunity if it continues, which who knows if it will, and you're in that Christmas party situation, you might need to have a second conversation with the coworker where you just say like, hey, just so you know, I'm seeing that guy and he's going to be at this event tonight. And I think we should just have a little bit of a boundary here. Like, I don't, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to, it doesn't need to be a thing or, you know, like you might need to put up a little fence between you and your coworker there just to make, make it clear that you're not interested in continuing the conversation. He might also have a terrible response to this though. I mean, in in (laughs) which case you'll also have more information, but he may say, oh, Michelle, she's a psycho. Yeah, she's a horrible (laughs) person. And you have to sort of think, hmm. Right. You know, hopefully he'll be very kind about it and say, yes, that was, you know, a year ago and uh, didn't quite work out. And, yeah. you know, yeah. But She's I a very will nice say person, this. but it just if didn't you work feel out. like things aren't going as well as they could be, take a good, clear picture of Michelle or the, hmm. the Rose. Yeah. Oh, Rose. I call the Michelle. Yeah. Right. By a wig that looks like her. <laughs> Start dressing like her. <laughs> yeah. Show up and say, I might not actually be Rose, but tonight right. I'm Rose. It's Rose from accounting. I'm wondering <laughs> exactly. if, if you need me to exactly. sign any checks here. Exactly. Or, yeah. And do a little sort of, you know, business like that. And just to see what the reaction is. I think. Exactly. I understand yeah. that you wanted to sign up for direct deposit. And <laughs> I 
not something I can help you with, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Ronna, you want to read the next one? Shoot the next one. Uh, Okay. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I should have known. I should have known to make you read the second one because this is not one I want to read, but I'm going to read it anyway. This isn't one you want to read, honestly. Go ahead, Ronna. Mike. Just make sure you've got some Purell near you. I don't know what you need, but just make sure you have it. Great. All right, dear. I'm all set. I got. I got some. P, uh, what is it called? Personal protect PPE. I've got PPE. some PPE. Yeah. yeah. If I were you, I would put a full PPE on while I read this. Question. Not a bad idea. Not dear bad idea. Ronna Bryant, possible distinguished guest. How dare Certainly. you? Oh, hmm. I'll leave it to Ronna if they're distinguished. There. My sister is a challenge. She had a home of three floors she moved out of years ago and left so much garbage and stuff behind. My parents were beside themselves when they volunteered to help and realized how bad her hoarding was. She moved across the country without a bed, a couch, or a microwave. She instead prioritized the 30-plus boxes of Beanie Babies, bags of yarn, stuffed animals, and hundreds of Funko Pops Mm. that filled a U-Haul. My husband and I have encouraged her good behavior since she moved closer to us and have hosted her for weekly dinners. Okay. Recently, she's been more and more erratic when she comes over crying and distressed about boyfriends who have dumped her, perhaps because the hoarding has gotten just as bad here. We take it in stride and we suggested that she invite a friend over for one of our weekly dinners. The friend arrived promptly on time. We'd only met her friend once before, but we made conversation waiting for my sister. After a half hour, we were calling and texting my sister. After an hour, I was very concerned and went to her home to find her passed out in the dark in a concerning location. How dare someone write that and not tell us what the concerning location was. This person's getting thrown out of the carriage house. Obviously, I thought something is wrong. I told her she was being irresponsible and that I was worried and I went home, made excuses, and we had the dinner with her friend and had a lovely time. Later, we learned she went out for drinks and passed out. My issue isn't the drinks. It's the ongoing theme of us making an effort and her not. Who among us hasn't had too much to drink and called to cancel? But the fact that she didn't cancel and allowed me to panic while her friend was there and didn't pick up when when we called over and over again is what has truly upset me. Huh. Later, I learned that she was likely out for drinks and yet another date. I'm sure she'd be crying over. I'm sure she'd be crying over in a few weeks if I allowed this cycle to continue. I'm at a loss. She hasn't actually apologized. And now a week later, she tells me she has bed bugs. Devastating for someone whose home is filled to the ceiling with stuffed animals. She wants us to. (laughs) This is actually hell. (laughs) It's my worst night. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can continue. It's a very long letter. She wants us oh, to yeah. help by storing her stuffed animals in our shed so that the cold might kill the bed bugs. Unless your shed is a walk-in freezer, you can you can say no to that. <laughs> but this feels comic. Hoarding 101 is you don't store things for the hoarder. 
But I also know this is complicated. Beyond recommending she get help, what can I do? She has failed to be accountable even for events she arranged. My thought is I wait to let this get bad enough that she will accept help, but I'm also her brother and I care about her. Any wisdom is appreciated. Love to you all. Wow. That's pretty intense. You two I are going to have to take the, the first lead recommendation on this one. that they don't want to hear. Recover. Number one, she needs help. Like I'm, that. That's it. And then we can give other advice too. But like, this uh, is a sick person. I don't think that there's any. Um, and uh, my gut instinct is that there's nothing that a non-clinical psychologist can do to help be, before that help is given. I, I, I mean, I, far from an expert here, we should clarify, none of us is a trained sure not, uh, no. psychiatrist or mental health expert. But th- to the degree that I understand this particular condition, it is a very serious condition that requires professional treatment. And I don't think that there's a brotherly or friendly outreach that is going to cure the what what ails this woman. I think that it, you have to I don't think there's anything you can do before she gets help. That's my that's my that would be my instinct to say. And I so. think what you're which by the way I get your instinct um I'm talking to the brother here. I get your instinct is to put a band-aid on it and not find a solution because that's just takes a lot more time and is a lot more work. And you just mm-hmm. are like, what is the easy fix now? He wants her to hit rock bottom is what he really wants. Well, in that case, then he shouldn't. Or top of the pile, whatever you call it with a water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he wants to just, I don't know. Is the question like, don't it's tell what- me she needs help. Is it just, what do I do about storing her animals? Is that actually the answer he wants? No, the question is, what do I just, what do I do? I, and, and also I hate to say it, but. The, there's also the question of a sort of family therapist component, which is that this guy feels wounded by the fact that she, you know, is not, cons- they are very considerate of her. They try to help her in the, in the safe, not easy. It's not easy at all, but in the sort of friendliest way possible, they invite her, they try to normalize her life and she's not responding to these, these overtures, you know, well, they had the dinner. She can't take care of herself. How she yeah. do it for that? Forget you know? the part where you're hurt by her behavior. Try yes. to take that and turn it into compassion and action, I would say, which is now we're talking about the bed bugs. Actually, I can't believe it. I, you can't even believe these are the words coming out of my mouth, but the bed bugs are an opportunity because now we're Ron. talking yeah. about uh, health. a health risk. Mm-hmm. Next thing she's going to have scabies. Then she's going to have, I mean, really, if no, it, I, it just yeah, on yeah. and on and on and on. And you know me, if it was me, I would say, oh, you won the lottery. You got a week in Florida and then I go burn her house down while she was gone or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it, it, it was. I fumigate the place and buy 9 million one beanie babies that was still wrapped in plastic or whatever. But really you have to, this requires a difficult conversation. And I understand completely how much anxiety. First, I would do due diligence. I would find the person for her to talk to. She mm-hmm. is not capable of do, of digging herself out of this hole in any way, shape, or form. You can decide whether you want to be this person in her life or not. You can leave it to your parents. You can do nothing if you want to. These are, these are all your options. But you need to say to her, look, I don't know exactly what this is about 
or maybe you do, you know, sometimes it's usually about loss. Maybe she lost a job or a broken engagement or something that happened a decade ago and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. But this used to be quirky and now it's dangerous. And I know I am not going to take your bed, bud ridden things to my house to infest my house. I am worried about you living amongst the, in this squala, essentially, or whatever word you want to use, a little nicer. But I have found someone, and I think it's time that we unpack this and figure this out. And I am happy to support you through that journey. I'm happy to go with you the first time if you want. I'm happy to, whatever it is. But we've got to figure out what's going on. That's the drinking too. She's not an alcoholic. She just can't deal with life. Her anxiety is fever pitch. And yeah. her friends are her things and not people. And she wanted to destroy that friendship. So she went out and got drunk and she exploded it, essentially. Yeah. I would say that the uh, I think that's all incredibly smart. And I would only add that you can't, as hard as it is, you can't take it personally when she offends you because it has nothing to do with you. She's not lashing out against you. It's right. it's the it's a it's a mental health issue that needs to be addressed and whoever is around her is going to suffer the ill effects yes. of the of the problem and so you lead with love and compassion mm-hmm. you lead with I, I i love you and i support you and i want you to get healthier but the the solution to this is not to find another storage unit for this stuff that you have no. the solution is to get to the root cause of why you have it to begin with and really frame it i think too this is just in things i've seen with people with other people in my life um, fr- framing it as like, of course I'm worried about you, but also like you deserve better than this. You're, mm. you're, you're a remarkable nice. person yeah. and you deserve mm-hmm. better than this. This isn't the life you're supposed to be leading. Yeah. 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 That's very nice. That's a nice, that's very nicely put. I also think you have to figure out what your boundary is. You're allowed to say, I don't want to deal with this. But it doesn't sound like that's who you are. It sounds like you really care about your sister and that you think you there's some part of you that believes you could reach her. And that's what this is about, is trying to reach her. This is not calling 1-800-JUNK and having the local organizer come and da da da, da. We're not Traumatizing, there right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the last step in a very yeah. long sequence of steps. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are. Uh, psychiatrists and professionals who who specifically specialize in hoarding behaviors and know the root of that and no question find it yeah 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 absolutely do you have time for one more question mike absolutely okay Fab. sorry dear this is we talked to you for way too long so this no is no no little, yeah i'm okay. happy to i'm always happy to talk to you both of you brian dear yes uh how to leave is the one you're gonna read okay yeah. dear rana brian and guest Uh, If applicable, it certainly is. I'm writing you at a very difficult point in my life, and I hope that you can give me some... And by the way, uh, Mike, buckle up. This is about a page. I'm writing you... That's uh, short for us. That's true. At a very difficult point in my life, and I hope that you can give me some perspective on my situation. I'll keep it as short as I can, starting with some context. I'm a 30-year-old woman who's been living in Europe for nearly 10 years with my boyfriend of eight years, who is a local. I work for his company, a small startup, and have helped him build it during my time here. I got my resident status through our common law union, and we share our rented apartment as well. All in all, my life here is quite connected to him and our status as a couple. Now for the dilemma. 
Lately, I've been feeling that this might not be what I want anymore. I'm tired of the work stress, especially that we're bringing it home with us. I miss my family more than I did in the beginning, triggered by a recent trip home, I'm sure. Lately, we fight constantly, and it seems sometimes, uh, and it sometimes makes me feel like we've been married for 20 years already. We go through phase, phases of being very connected and intimate. Well, some people are happily married for 20 years. I just want to say that. Yeah. Good point, Rana. Yeah. We go through phases of being very connected and intimate and through others where neither of us seem interested in each other. I love him very much and have always thought he was the one. But lately, I can't help but shake the feeling that it's not too late to break free. I know this can happen with couples going through a rough patch, so I don't want to make a hasty decision, especially considering the consequences. I would lose everything. Hmm. Not just my partner, but my apartment. I could never afford to live there alone. My job, my resident status. After 10 years, our social circles are completely linked, so surely I'll lose some friends along the way. I would most likely have to go back home, move in with my parents, and start everything from scratch. I don't have much money saved up, and I don't even know what kind of job I'd be able to get back home. I have lots of real-world experience in various fields from working at the startup, but no degrees or diplomas for them, which is usually what American companies are looking for. I'm sincerely worried about how much of a setback in life it would be and where I would end up, not to mention if I pass through this phase and end up regretting it all at the end. So what the heck do you think I should do? How do I parse this out and figure out if this is just a weird moment in my life or if this is something more serious? How does someone wrestle with such a world-ending decision? I know it's a heavy question. It really isn't. But I appreciate any insight you might be able to give. Thanks to you both. Kiss, kiss, Jennifer. Um. Yeah, I Rana. Why don't, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. lead, I want to hear what Brian here. said. It really isn't. So I want to hear what Brian has to say. Well, just I, I when I said that it's not heavy, I think I just mean more that it's common. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think everyone has felt that if they break up with someone, that it will be the end of everything. And you yes. by and the and just the letter writer jumped to the absolute worst case scenario, moving with my parents, right. not being able to get a job, da, 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 da. And none of that has to be true or likely will be. That's that somehow mean. life resets to where you were 10 years ago before you met. This exactly. Parent. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's, what I it's complicated with the, uh, foreign living arrangement. That is, mm-hmm. that is one less common complication, sure. right? Common law status and, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, I'm kind of with you. It's, it's a, it's a dilemma that so many 30-year-old people face, which is I've been in a long, stable relationship that's meaningful and uh, around which my social life and professional life kind of revolves. And now I'm not 100% sure whether I'm all in or or need to take a break. Um, so that so I think you're right. It, it's not quite as, uh, it probably feels to the letter writer like sure. this is, this is the uh, cata- cataclysmic moment, yeah. but it's, but it is uh, maybe there is some comfort that Jennifer can take from, like take it from three people who are older than thirty. Rana, I'm assuming with you, you look 28, but I think you're older than 30. No, she's definitely, she definitely is. Yeah. Okay, great. Excuse so, so for, take it from me. I'm 46, and uh, and everyone I know went through some version of this in their life, mm-hmm. right? It's like you get to a point where you're like. I don't know if there are there are there are things I love about this person, but also this is the rest of my life we're talking about, and it's not picture perfect fairy tale. Everything is always great. That's that is the single most common serious adult relationship issue that that people face. So maybe there's I would start with maybe take some comfort from like you're not even though there are special circumstances here in terms of the living and living abroad. 
you're you're not alone here. This is a very, very, very common thing. Yes. Uh, I think what both of you have hit on too is the sort of catastrophic nature of this, the, the thought that this decision is a catastrophic decision, that the whole life will implode. And for me, there's sort of a, there a couple questions in here, but one is, is it really that this guy's not the guy for you, which may very well be, you may know that already. You may know really this isn't the guy for me, or it may be sort of, this isn't the way that I want our life to be. Mm. I don't want to work together anymore. I don't want to, I don't want everything to be the same. And I want to see, let's say for instance, I didn't work at the startup anymore. What would that look like? Mm -hmm. And it might be worth, if you think this guy really is someone who you think you'd like to hold on to, it might be worth resetting a little bit. And saying to him, you know, I, first, I also believe very deeply there was a little bit of insecurity about education, work experience, blah, blah, blah. I think the way that people think about college education now, I think it's absolute travesty, but people don't care in the way that they used to. And not to mention, I do feel like just being like, oh, I've been in Europe working the past 10 years. I do feel like people are just impressed with that. I helped take a startup from uh, two employees to 200 employees. Whatever, you know, whatever your real world experience is, you've been working for 10 years. You know how to work. You don't have to go in and say, oh, I read every book by Ernest Hemingway. Can I have this job or whatever? Uh, I think it's worth having a conversation with him and saying, I feel like we're on top of each other and that, and that our relationship is suffering as a result. And maybe you feel that way. Maybe you don't, but I feel like we need, maybe it's the pandemic. Maybe who knows? I just feel like we need a little breathing space. If I were to look for a job somewhere else, I think it's his company, so he's not going anywhere, but what do you think would be a possibility for me? Like, what do you think, you know, he knows you and your skill set and what you do just as well. He's presumably completely for you in this world. And if he isn't, then you should break up with him anyway. And you should go home and live in your parents' basement until you find somebody that is. Until you're 50, you're never going to get married. (laughs) But presumably he is one of you, he's a big cheerleader of yours, whether you get on each other's nerves or not. And say to him, you know, and he might say, well, I think you'd be great at this or great at that. And even just those conversations might make you feel a little bit more valued about, you know, that you don't just have this job at his grace, basically. And I think that's one step, sort of backing up a step, and that that could create a little more space between you. Uh, And that also might allow you to see yourself the way that he sees you. And I also think you might, if it comes to this, you might consider taking a trial separation where you say, I want to go, look, it's Europe. They don't give a absolute shit. If you take four weeks off and you say, I'm going, I'm going to the countryside for four weeks to pull myself together. And people say not four months. Right. I mean, take whatever time you need, you know, go rent a place that's a hundred bucks a month in the countryside and go, you know, milk a cow or take a walk or do whatever you need to do. Eat some cheese. It's always eat cheese. Yeah. Yeah, Come see me on the weekend. I'll have bread and cheese and wine and you know, whatever happens. But why don't you give it a shot? But why don't you change up the dynamic a little bit? This is so smart. This is excellent advice, in my opinion, because 
the there's New York a Times bestselling last <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me. But the, what you've identified, which I hadn't even thought of, is there there is a little bit of I think in the in the fog of war of this mm-hmm. kind of crisis moment, there's a misread, and the misread is okay. My situation is. This guy is my partner for eight years. We live together. We work together. Our friends are the same. And and the conclusion is that the options are break up and lose everything or stay where I am and have the problems that we have continue to lurk, right? But when you list those things, partner for eight years, live together, work together, friends all the same, you miss the fact that you could attempt to alter one of those things in an attempt to to kind of reconfigure the relationship, right? You could stop working together. You could, if you stopped working together and got a job somewhere else, you might make new friends that are not his friends. You might begin to have a little spur of your life that is separate from his, which I think is a crucial aspect of any long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are both comedy writers. We have never worked at the same place except Saturday Night Live, which is where we met. But since then, people keep saying to me, oh, you two are both comedy writers. Would you ever want to collaborate? And our answer is always, God, no. Right. That sounds terrible. We already live together. We parent two children. We spend all this time together because we're married. And collapsing that world even smaller would yeah. just bring out weird dynamics and strange. If one of us was the other one's boss, I mean, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. So what you, I think, Rana, have identified here is there is an opportunity before – going right to the nuclear option, there is, an, there is a, a middle step, which is if you have these nice, uh, pleasant, and, and really emotionally fulfilling chunks of time that you've spent with this person, well, try to keep those and try to alter the yeah. things that you have that, that make those harder to see. And it sounds like there's just a little bit of weariness of like, yes. we're always with each other. We never have time apart. We're, ne- we're yeah. always in the same place, talking about the same things with the same people. And I think a little bit of of social separation in your two lives might do wonders and might sort of make you so that when you come home at the end of the day and you see this person, you're happy instead of just like, oh, Christ, it's you again, right? The only other thing I would throw in is to say, I don't exactly know how travel visas work right now in Europe or elsewhere, but there is an easy opportunity. Sometimes a trial separation, even for a month, can do wonders for your clarity and your insight into your own emotional health and your partner's emotional health. And it does seem like a potentially one option, a, f- a decent sized visit home to the States, right? Come back to America where I think this yeah, Jennifer is from. Find out it sucks. Yeah, that's right. Come back here. <laughs> Just be here for a while. Be a part. Decide, you know what? Let's, okay, it's March uh, 3rd. Let's just say we're not, let's not even talk for a week. Let's not even, I'm not going to check in. We're not going to check in. We're just going to get a little breath, a little space between us to just collect our thoughts and think about the world. You might come to some kind of revelatory conclusion. You might say like, oh my God, I miss him so much. I I don't want to throw this away. I want to be a part of this relationship. Or you might say, you know what? Now that I'm here, back here in in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, I see that there is a different path for me here and I kind of am excited by that and I and maybe I, that that's worth pursuing. That might give you some clarity one way or the other. I do think that I sort of think fatalistically sometimes too of like 
it can't just be one thing that changes. I have to overhaul everything, you know? Right. And it just isn't. And, and I think that she probably, Jennifer probably thinks that way because it's exactly what you said, Mike, that she said, here's everything I have with him. But if I change that, here's what my life will be, including all of these things. Right. And it just isn't true. You can change one thing that could change everything. You know, you don't have to do a total flip over the table and start fresh and <laughs> right. do the whole. You just it, also, do it. it also presents an opportunity for him to change. I'm sure Absolutely. he's feeling a lot of the same things and he doesn't want to lose you either. And you are just as valuable to him as, you know, you're just as intertwined. And for you to say, to be the one that says, I just need a breath. Let's talk. Let's just talk about this. Like the, yeah. the op- open the floor for discussion and you it might allows find him that- to- yeah. To feel your absence a little bit or to or to see where you're at emotionally, do a check-in, and to decide to act differently if he wants to. But I don't think it should be confrontational. I think I think weary is an excellent word. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one of you used it, but it's Mike sort did. of that idea of I'm just I'm a little punched out as opposed to you always, and then I have to, and then when you do, and I don't have any friends, not your friends. Because for them, it's like the pandemic all the time. You know what I mean? Like couples went crazy during the, this is your life, period. That's Of course you get weary. I I think that's great advice from both Uh, of you. I'll give you one more analogy that might be useful, which is I play poker with my friends sometimes, and I'm not very good at it. And part of the reason I'm not very good at it is because if I look at my hand and a card comes up, in the flop or the turn, and the and one of those cards is better than the card I'm holding. Meaning, I have two kings in my in my hand, and then an ace hits the board. My brain immediately is like, "Well, someone here has an ace." Like, I immediately jump to the worst. If the person yeah, right, bets on right. it, my my brain immediately is like, "Well, that person clearly has me beat." I jump to the worst case scenario all mm-hmm. the time, and I it's very hard for me. I understand intellectually that bluffing is a part of poker and that that person might be pretending to have an ace, but I always jump to the worst case scenario. And I think in moments like this, our brains jump to that worst case scenario all the time. Like what she's thinking is that a, a discussion or opening the floor for a, for a conversation about how we might make our relationship better and more verdant and exciting for both of us. She's jumping to the point of, we're going to break up. I'll lose my house. I'll lose my job. I'll lose my travel visa. I'll have to live in my parents' basement. It is just as likely, if not much more likely, that the discussion or the the work that you put into the relationship will lead to a better outcome than a worse yeah. outcome. Totally. There's one other teeny tiny little thing here, but we're not going to go down the path too far, which is just that she's 30. And so when you're 30, you think that, and people say to you, oh, 30's nothing. And then you get mad when they say that because you <laughs> think 30's the beginning of adulthood, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so there is a ticking clock in her mind. I'm 30. I'm 30. This is is all my life adds up to. I'm 30. Lucky you. You lived in a foreign country for 10 years. You helped build a startup. You had a terrific relationship. You know what you want. You know what you don't want. I'm MBS. You are on the cusp of true adulthood. And a very adult thing is to deal with this the way that we've discussed, as opposed to just throwing your head on your bed and, you know, sending him a broken hot Valentine and saying, don't ever call me again or whatever (laughs) people do. I don't know. But this is a great thing for your personal growth. What's about to happen. Think about the way you want to handle it and handle it your way. Cause it could be really exciting actually. Yeah. It's a nice opportunity for both of you to 
talk about what's important to you and you'll sort of have some clarity about whether you're his one in the same way or whether this has just gotten comfortable. Right. So, Yes. All right. Mike, we've reached the end of oh. the show. I don't know if you remember. Have we? So, I mean, I I feel like we've been here for four days, so I don't know whether we're at the end of the beginning <laughs> sure, where we are sure. anymore. Yeah. That's just because I had to cancel and reschedule so many times. Stop. So uh, we right. would just stop. We I feel don't bad. Care. Don't. What do you feel badly don't feel about? Bad. Well, we, we, this was scheduled for a certain date, and then I couldn't make it and asked you to reschedule, and then we Michael. did. And then my daughter had her appendix out, and I had to reschedule again. And it just, I didn't like that I was keeping you waiting. It doesn't matter. We love you. We're here whenever you want to drop by. Great. That's right. That's the situation. We I'd like to become to a everybody. co-host of, of the podcast. I'd like <gasps> to do every episode. We would absolutely love it. Truly. Um, I don't know if you only- meant all three of us, Brian. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. There's a lot of- No, Brian is, Brian is non-negotiable. He's got to be here. That's very nice, Mike. <laughs> Ron. Let's do it. Let's let's do a week. Can we? Can I be a? Can I sit in for a week? The way that like Johnny Carson used to have, like Don Rickles would be every night for a week. Yeah, but I mean you, it's a weekly show. I'm just. So, I'll do a month. So you I'll do a month. month. Right, perfect. I'll do. You a want month. to do a monthly residency? Here. I'll do a monthly residency. Okay. I'll, all of really June. Fun. All of June know, will just let be us Mike know Shore what month. your month is. Is June your month? Let us know what your month is, and we'll have you every month. Yeah. We'll have you once a week, every week for the same. And I we'll would do love it. We'll do like when Conan goes to Tampa. Oh, wherever yeah. he goes. And we'll do it live. And people can either tune we'll in call it, for the broadcast or not. How does that sound? And we'll call uh, it, it sure is June. We'll there do you it go. Surely, surely, surely May. Yeah, Florida, yeah. don't we? Yeah, we'll do we have Universal we, Studios, like, like Florida. Regis, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We have and to go on location, week. no question. I, I no love question. that idea. Why do they one do that? Week. Once a week, they always go to like Orlando. Sweeps it, week. It was sweeps. Right. It was always sweeps, yeah. yeah. But also and they it, get money oh. from the hotels, and so the hotels are paying for them all. To, you know, Regis is my 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 father-in-law. Was, was my father-in-law. Do you yes. know this about me or not? Brian is looking like Brian, he does. Brian, you didn't I, know that. did not know this. I will throw myself of the Empire State Building the second we got off this. What? I was yes. so sad when Was he as lovely passed. as I want him to be or you don't He's, want to talk about no, it? No, he was exactly as like he was there was zero Authentic. zero difference between his on-screen persona and it. his off-screen persona. I yes. love that man. Yes. And so he used to obviously Enjoy uh, that makes joy your mother-in-law, of course. That's right. And yeah. so my wife grew up like every year it was like we're going to Orlando for this week and then we're going to be in Los Angeles for this week and we're going to Boston. Like they would they would spend they their family vacations where the show went on location to some place. So and sometimes it was like Monaco or you know what I mean? Like sometimes it was really right. exotic. Um and uh, and so that was that's like her life growing up was just like these these theme weeks where like she and her sister were dragged to some odd city and then they did the show for did a week. Did you ever there. meet Kathy Lee? Or Kelly? Oh, many times. Yes, of course. <gasps> both of them. Yeah. They were they were at my wedding. Both of them were at my Who wedding. Who did you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> They're both lovely women. I will say that. They're Do both you believe Brian and I could be the, the new Regis and Kathy Lee? Or the Without new Regis qu- I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened already. Don't you think we would be terrific at that? So of course good. you would be. Yes. Yeah. If oh. we had a Absolutely. daytime show, we would be unstoppable. Oh, unstoppable. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mike. So you may or may not remember, but at the end of the show- uh, I do a quick recap of the three letters, and we pick one person who we have a feeling for who we think deserves a little prize that we're going to send. Right. So, 
are we sending something to the and we've 30 started year old in Europe? Picking the person and then choosing the gift. We used to have the gift and then we would just say who won it. And now we like to try to pick something a little Correct. more specific. Okay. So do we pick the person who uh, is having an early life crisis with this uh, in Europe? Do we uh, pick the person who is uh, a uh, brother of the hoarder? Mm-hmm. Or do we pick the person who uh, is dating someone a coworker dated? Right. Now, do, do we know what the gift is or not? No, we used to know what the gift was. And now what we do is we pick the person we that we match. Oh, and then the you tailor person. the gift. Yeah. I, I'll say from from my point of view, the person with the toughest road ahead is the brother of the hoarder because that's real life. That's really yeah. tough yeah. situation. I mean, I, I think Jennifer has has some some big decisions to make over there abroad, and I think the coworker, the the woman who's dating that guy who dated oh, her coworker. I don't coworker. feel bad for her. I don't feel bad. That, yeah. That's so new. That's I, I think yeah. she's, I don't think she yeah. needs she to She needed a little up. clarity. We gave it to her. I think the brother, your gift. the brother has, has some tough work ahead of him. And that, I think if it's a little happy pick me up, that, that might be the way I lean, but I could also see Jennifer too. What do you think, Rana? I have, I have to say Jennifer hit me in the kishkis a little bit. I have I have deep sympathy for Jennifer, but I agree. I think life is good for Jennifer and exciting. She just needs to adjust her perspective. I think mm. that she's a little bit stuck uh, in the wrong point of view. And if she can find a way to shift, this is an exciting focusing moment in her life, actually. Mm. Right. Plus, I'm, we're it, not, I'm not shipping anything to Europe, Rana. I don't know who's going to cover this. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Now, what do we give this brother? A beanie baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we give him one night at a Thai Warner property. That's what, because his sister already built the place by buying all these beanie babies. Right, right, right. Uh, we're giving him one night at the Post Ranch Inn. Uh, <laughs> oh my the, God. That's like well, $4,000. That's a Thai Warner property. Thai Warner was the. Wait, they own Thai owns. Thai Warner was Thai beanie babies. Yeah. And he owns the Post Ranch Inn. Oh my he God. owns, I think, San Ysidro Ranch. Wow. And he did own the uh, Four Seasons Biltmore in Santa Barbara, it- which has now gone into disrepair because mm. he took the excuse of the pandemic to pretend he was going to renovate it, and it has not opened its doors again. My goodness. Huh. Hot that, issue I, in Santa Barbara. Wow, I had no idea that was all the same person. Hot, I didn't either. Hot issue. Well, also, that, God, you sell babies. little dumb toys and you make enough money to buy all those hotels. Buy like, some money of the best babies, properties man. in California. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, this know, is going to sound. This is going to be a bad idea, okay. but I'll throw it out there, I, and, and I'll and I'll tie it back to my own life, which was when I when I realized. Oh, not the bourbon vanilla body wash. No, no, no. When I realized that I needed to what I, that I needed to read a bunch of philosophy in order to write the good place. Oh, was sending your book to him? No, my best friend became Amazon.com, frankly, and Chevalier's, yeah. my local bookstore, because. Yeah. I just needed I needed help. I needed guidance and I just bought book after book after book and I the one it, one it's not the uh, most personal gift but an Amazon gift certificate or a bookshop.org gift certificate so that this brother can actually buy find a book that relates to the, his specific problem his family's problem might be the right way to go because he can't do this himself. He needs help and there might be a book out there that could help him figure it out. I think that's very thoughtful. I think we have to send him two, two gifts. I think we should also send him the body wash, and I'm not even kidding. 
Oh, how to be perfect. Yes, that's what we should. Yes, I think we that. have to send him how to be perfect. Yep. Because I actually that deals do with moral think. dilemmas. Yeah, it I does. Think, yeah. Well, it's not a one to one on what his problem is, but sure. I think it will help him. It will give him a framework of how to think about this because I think within this relationship with the sister, there's a big dilemma, which is, am I a good person or a bad person? Mm-hmm. Am I a good person if I help her or am I a bad person if I help her? Am I enabling her? Am I right. not enabling her? What does it mean to want to be treated a certain way and not to be treated a certain way, et cetera, et cetera? We can't give him a gift certificate for therapy, so we can't do that. But I think we should absolutely send you a book. And I think in addition to that, we could send a bookshop.org certificate. That's nice. But I always want to send a candle because that always, to me, if I smell something beautiful, it sort of, it has a cleansing, clearing aspect and it reminds me, I mean, there isn't enough sage in the world to burn in the sister's house, (laughs) but it sort of keeps you on task, I feel. If yeah, that makes any sense. Well, some kind of meditative scent might be good. Maybe the Palo Santo candle, Brian, from yeah, uh, La Lava. so good. Yeah. Great idea. Which is a cleansing candle. Mm. Uh, okay. That's How to Be do. Perfect by Mike Shore. Yeah. Available right now. It's already a bestseller, so maybe you already have it, but if you don't, you should get it. Join us for Sweeps Week in June at Universal Studios Florida, <laughs> where Mike will be our guest, and we will be broadcasting from the Nickelodeon Double Deer set. Definitely. Oh, wow. So exciting. Don't say the wrong word. Don't say the wrong word. We're going to do Double Deer. Right. Yeah. We're going to do Double Deer. Actually, Mike, you could probably get us a deal with Universal now that I think about it. You could I could, get them I could to look lend into us. that. Yeah. Maybe there's there's got to a... be some low end attraction that they're not, that is, they need to push that they can I help think us out that with. if we can arrange it, doing a segment of the podcast from the Jurassic Park ride would be w- truly wonderful. That, like just honestly, recording, recording Rana and Brian on the Jurassic Park ride live. You, <laughs> Rana loves Jurassic Park. I do too. I do. But, but that would actually be. Only if there's an run. accompanying video and I get to wear my get to wear my um wild thorn breeze outfit or whatever it is. <laughs> and then the uh oh, my right. common San Diego hat and I get to be the driver. Yeah. I think that we need Brian wears a GoPro you and, and faces Rana <laughs> and we just get the whole thing on tape and then yeah. All right. Clear there's your calendar. Nothing less, Clear your calendar. There's nothing less humiliating than wearing a GoPro. <laughs> Nothing more attractive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, make sure it's waterproof, though, because if we get, you know, slimed by the Velociraptor, it's got to be one that one throws boogies at you. I can't remember which yeah. one, but that we'll right. figure it out. Um, all right, dear. We absolutely adore you. I'm so delighted for the success of the book. Continued success. Of course, you have a million feathers in your cap, but we're huge Hacks fans here. And yes. you're cleaning up all the awards. And there's a few awards shows coming up now, yeah? Now, there are, yes. Um, now, how, how do you watch Hacks? Do you watch it with your husband? Do you watch it alone? What is the, what's the process? I'm I don't curious. have a husband, but I watch it by myself for sure because I want to savor it. And I would never want – I don't like anyone else's gaze. Mm. When I'm truly That's loving so something – I, when I'm and truly, true, well, I have my gaze and I don't need anybody else's gaze, but when I, when I am truly loving something, I don't need anybody else. For instance, if I want to watch something, you know, 
tawdry, like love is Mm -hmm. blind or housewives is something. I don't need somebody saying, is it just women yelling at each other? You know, get out of here. I hate that shit. So what I don't need is, or somebody saying, what did they say? I don't need any of that. Mm. I just want to soak it in myself. I order something delicious and I watch it all by myself. Just turn the lights off, light a candle, I watch turn the them show. low. I turn them low. Gotcha. I do. I get <laughs> as comfy. Just in case anyone it, snaps a I get into my sexy cozies and then I, I watch Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cashmere sweats, head to toe. Sure. Barefoot dream barefoot socks. Barefoot dreams. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. I don't have any barefoot dream socks. Those are just for the baby. I would never, as an adult, wear Cozy well, between. I have some Ronald. I know, and you but know that's that not too. That's QVC. That's QVC. Yeah. <laughs> how do you watch you. it, Mike? Only in the oh, editing yeah, room. Good question. What, um, how do you watch? <clears throat> I watch the cuts that come in, uh-huh. and then occasionally I will send Jen and Paul and Lucia, who created the show, a. Uh, Lucia's a suge- been on the show several I, times, right? So I'll send them yes. a, like a suggestion or two. But <laughs> that show is so good that I stopped being useful to them a very long time ago, and now I'm mostly just a fan. And when I text them, mostly what I'm writing is like, this episode's amazing. Great job. It's so good. Thank you for making it. They know what they're it. doing. <laughs> yeah, they, they know do what they're indeed. doing. They certainly yeah. do. It's so, they're a fascinating triumvirate or trifecta. And they they really complement each other in such a beautiful they're way. They're a, a, yeah. a three-headed monster of creativity. Yeah. Fabulous. Oh, we love the show. Uh, all right, dear. Kiss, kiss. Be well. And yeah, we'll talk about see sweets. you in Orlando. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you in June in we'll Orlando. See you in oh, June in Orlando. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I'm going to have to start explore. We all have to start exploring new hair products now before yeah. Orlando. Good. Oh, yeah. So yes. Crew, Crew is the product. Crew, uh-huh. sure. Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And who yeah. makes the body wash? Uh, it is. Um, uh, hold on, now I got to look this up. Give me one yeah. second. Um, He's going to his Amazon history. By the way, boy, are we going to get slammed for Mike Shaw being an Amazon fan? I'm not Hawthorne. uh, uh, I'm not an Amazon fan. I do use it. I admit to using it, but I I buy all my books from bookshop.org or local bookstores. Yeah, Um, and I breathe all my air from the sky. I mean, what can you do? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here. It's uh, Mistral. Mistral soap uh, for men. Mistral? Mistral. M-I-S-T-R-A-L. Bourbon Ooh. vanilla body wash. That's Mistral. my. I don't know why don't know. I'm like How'd doing an ad for them that? now. <laughs> no, you know what? I asked. Brian's going to order it. I'm How did you happen it. upon that? I wonder. It must have been free at a hotel once, and you thought. No, uh, I I was looking around for I I I I have fairly sensitive skin, and I was looking around for just a nice body wash that had that was good for sensitive skin, and this came up on a review somewhere. And I and I just tried it, and I just love the way you, it smells. And you clicked, you clicked, clicked. Yeah, found my. I had forever no scent. idea you were such a Kobe beef, but I guess it's no surprise. I'm a very, I'm a very delicate yeah. boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You tenderized. <laughs> um, <Jeez laughs> all right, dear. <laughs> kiss, kiss. Thank you for having me on again. Oh, he's such a delight. Ah, uh, uh, he's fabulous he's, he's so smart have to make he's so that. funny yeah but he's got to make that phone call if nothing else i want him to make the call for them to shut down the ride for us so we could do jurassic park together me too uh dear ron and brian long time listener huge fan if ron wanted to start a cult i'd be the first in line to join etc mm-hmm. by the way she has and i am the first in line. i don't appreciate etc the undercutting yeah i have a situation that you two are the, like blah 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 everyone says this now if you're going to give the compliment, give the compliment, right. okay? I'll okay, decide Rana. if I want it or not. That's right. I have a situation that you two are the only ones qualified to help me with. Hmm. Huh. 
I highly doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> My best friend of 20-ish years, we are in our mid-30s, is having an emotional affair with her boss. Ooh, eek, as they say. She has apparently, uh, she has been with her husband for 10 years and married to him for almost eight. The seven-year itch is real, apparently, or perhaps the seven-year ache may be more appropriate terminology in this situation, especially on the off chance that Rosie and Cash happens to be a guest on the show. Wow. We'll have to get started getting with her people now. Yeah. It's a race against the clock. My friend's husband is very sweet and gentle and loves her very much, but is avoidant of any and all negativity and conflict, having grown up in a traumatizing childhood home with abusive and neglectful parents. Hmm. My friend also had an abusive and neglectful childhood and was raised by insanely narcissistic parents, who, which contributed to a lot of feelings of insecurity and self-loathing that manifest as a chronic on-again, off-again eating disorder. Mm. Hey. This disorder is in full effect currently. Oh, no. And she's losing 10 pounds every few weeks. Shit. My gosh. That's awful. By literally starving herself. Her hu- Ugh, this is a mess. Her husband knows about the eating disorder, but on the most but on the most part, for the most part, dear, but for the most part, doesn't discuss it with her and tries to pretend it isn't happening. Oh, they sound like a terrific couple. Yeah, truly. What is this, 1954? Great for each other. The effect is a feeling on her part that he doesn't love her, when the truth, in my opinion, is that it scares him and he's not equipped to deal with that. Okay. On top of all of this, she has fallen victim to the predatory attentions of her boss, a 50-something married man who is, in my opinion, actively pursuing an affair with her. He fawns over her and makes her feel great about herself. Then we'll make some withering remark that makes her desperate for his approval. Oh, gross. Oh, boy. There is no doubt in my mind that he knows exactly what he is doing. They frequently meet for coffee drinks, etc., before and after work, talk about what they want from each other emotionally as friends, whatever that means. And she has even given him a book of poetry. Oh, gag. After hearing about this in every daily conversation we have had since October or so, and giving her advice to the best of my ability, I've made it known to her that in no, in no uncertain terms that I think this guy is a slime ball. In turn, she doesn't tell me much that happens between them anymore, not, nor does she discuss the eating disorder with me or anyone else anymore since her therapist recommended inpatient care. Wow, that's really bad. Her last words about the subject to me were, I would rather die than go to anorexic camp as a fat person. Oh my God, this is Ooh. so sad. This is heavy. Mm-hmm. My question is, is there a way that I can help my friend see the light about the risks she is taking by continuing this so far strictly emotional, as far as I know, affair for both her career and her marriage, not to mention her mental and in turn physical health? I no longer know what to say to her because I don't want to risk hurting her feelings or making her feel badly about herself when she's already walking such a tightrope in that department. She asked me several weeks ago if I thought she was a bad person. And I said, I don't think you're a bad person, but I think you're making bad decisions. I have suggested she and her husband do couples counseling, but she says she doesn't want to do it with him. She wants him to go to counseling on his own. Yeah, typical. Mm -hmm. Lately, if she ever brings up the thing with her boss and I make a negative comment, she becomes defensive and bristly. So I don't even know how to broach the subject anymore. I care very deeply about my friend. We are closer than siblings and I don't want to risk any kind of falling out with her, but I am 
also very worried about the direction all this is heading. How would you guys handle it? Thanks in advance or any help you may be able to offer. Wow. Askrana.com slash Patreon.com slash Askrana. This letter has me all twisted up. Uh, For the answer to that, um, askranacoffee.com for all of your coffee needs. Hmm. Uh, What else, Rana? Mike Shore is amazing. Fantastic. We've had such a run of incredible guests. Oh, I had so much fun with Mike. And then this letter just put me in the dumps. This letter is a a lot. Yeah, Yeah. This is tough. Uh, All right, right, dear Kiss Kiss. We'll see you all on Patreon, I'm sure, because we're going to have to unpack this. We're going to have to unpack this, yeah. All right, dear. Get out the bags. I adore you. I adore you, Rana. There, I I said it. And I don't feel a bit badly about saying it either. When we have our daytime show, I feel like we should end it by, instead of saying to the audience, like, thank you so much for watching. We love you. We should just look at each other and be like, I adore you. You're just the best. And I, you, dear. And I, you, dear. Yeah. And then we say, kiss, kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.